from the river in the Bronx. It's East Coast, West Coast, Worldwide. Online radio party jammer. Jammer. Disco 935. Playing 70s, 80s, and beyond, along with DJ mixes from around the world. All happening now on Disco 935. New York's party jammer. Good evening, everybody. This is a special edition of the Disco Flight for this Saturday night. We have right here one hour with John Usri. John Usri will be with us right after this track right here. Stradivarius, Let Me Be Your Lady Tonight from 1976.
Welcome to Disco 935. We got a special show leading off our Saturday night shows here. I got a special guest in the studio, and his name is Johnny Ushry. Hi, John. How you doing? Hey, Jay. What's going you on? You the name right. You're one of the few people that does that. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's an acquired taste. It's a four-letter word. <laughs> uh-huh, it's a four-letter word, acquired taste. S before the R. That's right. Uh-huh. And, uh, Johnny, I'd like people to know you're not, uh, how can I say, a new artist on the scene. You're a Philadelphia international veteran. Am I correct? Oh, uh, that's correct. That's and, absolutely correct. And the first time I ever seen your name on a record was with a tune that came out early 1976. The name of the group was Stradivarius. And here is I Got Your Love. Disco 935, New York's number one jammer.
Mercy, yay. Oh yeah, we was on this one back in the day. was a big disco hit right out the box, right? Right out the box. And then uh, the, the next single was Let Me Be Your Lady Tonight? That's right. Okay, now how did it get from Palo to Roulette? Uh, I guess they had a deal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know just how that happened. All I know is when I signed on to Polydor, the next thing I knew, I got a call and said, hey, we just put you with Roulette Records. Mm. I said, okay, that's cool. We were supposed to go with South Soul, Ken Carey. Uh-huh. Um, something happened between Morris and Ken. Next thing I knew, I was on roulette. Yes, Morris had those really persuasive ways about him. He had, yes, he did have very persuasive ways, didn't he? You know, I like Morris. Morris was great to me. He treated me very, very nicely. Yeah, you told me a couple of stories about Morris before. I don't know if you want to get into it now, but... The, well, uh, you know, <clears throat> what Morris told me was that the record industry steals from people, but you'll see more money with me than you will from any label. 
And so you, when I needed to be paid, I would call Mars. He would put me on a plane, bring me into New York, put me in a limo, take me over to his office, go into his drawer, pull out a stack of money, make me meet him at his club later that night, and send me back home. That's how I got paid for Moulet. And it was good money. Was there a second Stradivarius album? No, there's one coming. No, 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 back then. No, no second Stradivarius album. Was there a reason why back then? Yeah, there was. I left Canada and came into uh, Philly International Records. I I left to be at Philly International Records. And Kenny Kenny Gamble bought my contract from us. Uh Uh-huh. You became one of the major arrangers there at Philly well, International. Well, that right? was my dream. That's what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be Gamble and Huff's arranger, and it happened. I mean, how great was that? I know. What artists did you work with there? Oh, jeez. Let me see. The Futures, Teddy Pendergrass, the OJs, D.D. Sharp, Billy Paul, Jerry Butler, the Jones Girls, uh, MFSB, uh... I know I'm forgetting somebody. Gene Kahn. Yeah, for sure. Gene Kahn. <laughs> See? Uh, that's called a senior citizen moment. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, Gene Kahn, um, Bobby Rush, Anthony White, uh, wow. People's Choice. That's an all-star crew there. Yeah, yeah. It was great. That's an all-star crew. That's a dream come true. Well, that's what it was—a dream come true. Because I seen that you you arranged, you wrote, and produced for them. That's right. You know that's fantastic. And you know to be to be there with Tommy Bell and Bobby Martin was great to to rub shoulders with those guys and learn from those guys. Uh huh. I mean, there's not a university in the world that could teach me what I learned at PIR. <laughs> Yeah, let's check out a couple of these tracks that Mr. Ursery did. He's Archie Bell doing that strategy. Said it's up to me to come up with a strategy to make you mine, to make you mine. Girl, why you want to make me sweat? Standing there playing hard to get. All the time, all the time I said it's up to you To do what I want you to To ease my mind Ease my mind The way you do the things you do Make me have a job for you All the time, all the time It's up to me To come up with a strategy Doing the music of Johnny, Mr. Ushery, on 935 tonight, here's Billy Paul, Four Spaces. You're in the mix with DJ J-Ski.
Tonight, we are playing the music of John Ushery. Classics. Like you like them. And now check this out. John never worked directly with Tom Moulton. Tom never mixed one of his songs from back then. But he did recently for the Philadelphia Classics. Here yeah, the future is in Party Time Man. Just a taste of things to come on Disco 935. We'll be back with John right after this track. Stay tuned.
split with them? I left in 1985, I think. It's probably 85. Did you do any music between 85 and, and you know, now? It, it might it might have been it might have been before eighty five. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I did Love in a Thunderstorm and an album called Healing to raise money for homeless veterans, which we're gonna re re release on our site in about two weeks. Why homeless vets? because well, I was a homeless veteran. Twelve okay. years. Uh huh. And did you get any help from the music industry during that time? Oh no, no! I had people stealing my royalties while I was homeless. I got no help from the music industry, and I, I was watching the music industry basically self-implode. It was killing itself. Uh huh. Why? But as we know, it has done. Do you see a reason how we could bring back some real music, Johnny? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think um, you know people like Tom Moulton. Uh, Joe Jefferson, Craig White, people I know who are working on this constantly, real music. They just need to have the music exposed, and they need to be treated properly. And um, see, see if we can break into whatever mainstream is. I don't even know what it is anymore, because the only radio I listen to now is internet radio. I can't stand what's on the airwaves right now. Yeah, it's a problem. It's not very <clears throat> musical. Look, the industry right now is in a lot of trouble, Jane, and you and I both know that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm sorry, and I'm sure many people know that. Um, there's a lot of problems with the, with, with the music industry in that the corporations have taken over the music business. Now you've got a lot of corporate people who know nothing about music and who care nothing about music running record companies. They just so, care, care about the dollars, that's it. That's all they care about is the dollar. I mean... We've had this conversation, and, I, and I'll say it again. Back in the day, when the mob ran things, they never cared about how much money you made. They just wanted their cut. The corporation wants all the money. They take all the money. So <clears throat> that kind of helped to destroy the record industry because you can't put a corporate model on selling music. People have, have varied taste all over. Every region has a different kind of taste in music. So you can't do a focus group and say, okay, pull in 50 people and we'll see if we got a hit record. I mean, you, record companies don't call hits. The public calls the hit. That's true. That's true. You know? And back when the mob was running things, the AKA mob, they had music people heading up the music. That's right. The a and uh -huh. people were music people. Well, A&R people in those days it would drive into work and they were naturally listening to the radio. When you walked in their office, if you took them a song that sounded anything like what they heard coming in, they weren't interested. They wanted something fresh <clears throat> and new. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not like that today. I know. They want to you know, copy everything right now. They want to copy. If it doesn't sound like what they heard coming in on their car radio... They're not interested. But they, don't forget, we used to have real music people in this industry. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, that need to change, Jay. I mean, we really need, I think, until people start to hear from us. I mean, you know, the guy in the corporate office doesn't care about what's going on until he hears from the public, hey, you guys are making a mistake. And I think a prime example of that is Tom Moulton. Philadelphia Classics. What a magnificent, magnificent piece of work that is. I know. Right? And it's, and it's not even... the noise it's making in the UK, but where is it in the United States? It's not even in this country. That's what I'm saying. It should be number one right now in the United States, and it's not even here yet. Talk about amazing pieces of work. Your new Stradivarius album, especially Was That All It Was?, can you talk about making that? Well, yeah, that, that's right. Actually, that's the E.T. right now, along with Love and the Thunderstorm. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I was working on that. I think I sent a copy to Tom. I sent a copy to a couple other people. 
at a point where I had basically quit. I just got so frustrated with all the idiocy out here. I said, you know what? I don't really have to do this anymore. Life would be a lot, lot more simple. If I just sit here and whatever music I write, I write for me and my wife and just enjoy life a little bit. And I was really, really ready to quit. But thanks to Tom and thanks to my wife and thanks to a guy named Craig White out of Philadelphia, they pushed and pushed and pushed and they would not. They just wouldn't let me out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They just wouldn't let me out. And I'm glad that they didn't. Because Tom's done one hell of a remix on this track. Um... After the movie, Precious, I started getting a lot of emails from people. Hey, man, why don't you recut this track? Will you recut it as an instrumental? You know, uh, we'd love to hear an instrumental on it. And I toyed with it and I fought with it and said, you know, okay, let's cut an instrumental track. I cut the track. I wasn't happy with it. I put it down. That track sat for about six months on my computer without even being played. You know, then... um. <clears throat> I lost one of my kids last year, <clears throat> and it was pretty hard. So I just said, you know, I'm done. I'm done. I quit. But, you know, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm done. Um, my wife reminded me that, you know, this whole thing is to raise money for homeless veterans. This track, this EP, and all the tracks, the new Stradivarius album, the Healing album, and uh even the reissue of the old Stratus album, all going up to the site to try to get some of these, some of these uh, homeless veterans off the street. And there are hundreds of thousands of homeless veterans on the streets of America. Here's the Tom Moulton mix of the new Stradivarius. Was that all it was? Check it out. New York. Right, real music.
breakout hit 2012 Stradivarius John Ushery, call him Johnny Harps. <laughs> oh man, this is smooth. Be exceptional, and this is exceptional. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you so very much. Now, I've played this for a lot of people all around the world so far. About half of them tell me right away, "Where's the vocal? When is she or uh, he gonna start singing?" Now, you want to give an answer to that? Well, yeah. I mean, I can probably pull up about. Ten versions of was that all it was with a different vocalist. I mean, it's been vocalized and vocalized and vocalized. Uh -huh. And I, I, I toyed with it for a minute, but you know, it's never been done as an instrumental. And considering I, <clears throat> I know the inner workings of the track since I cut the original track, since I wrote it and cut it, and I did it with Jerry Butler. Uh, why not do an instrumental on it? Is that who sang it originally, Jerry Butler? No, no. Gene Conn sang it originally. Right. That's right. Jerry and I wrote it on a Monday, and she sang it on Tuesday nights. It was her first take. She's reading it off a piece of paper. And, that was and the, she killed it. And she that, killed it. That was the take that we all know? Say that again? That, that, the that, one that you're listening to was a first take on Gene Conn. No kidding. Wow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> She's great. But some reason people think if they go down to the music store and buy a computer and a sequencing program that they're now producers. So they come home and they hit a couple of buttons and the computer generates this and the computer generates that. Well, to me, that's not creative and it's not music. Exactly. And that doesn't make you a producer. Can you describe to the, the people listening out there what does it take? I'm talking about monetarily. This is not a, a an inexpensive thing you're doing when you're making these music. Uh, oh no, no, it's quite expensive. I mean, first you need a studio. Uh -huh. Okay, and building a studio is not, not not a cheap item. Trust me. Um, yeah, by the time you you spend four thousand on on a mic or seven thousand on a mic, and 
you know, SSL boards and all of that, it comes out to a lot of money. Then you have to go into uh, paying your artists or your musicians, right? Even if you own your own studio, you still have to pay artists and musicians. And it has to be mastered. And then there's licenses that have to be paid if, you, if it's not an original tune, if another publisher owns it. You know, and by the time you master and, and license and pay musicians, you're in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And you have to pay royalties. And you have to pay royalties. Of course. After that. Well, sure. And That's and the problem with the, with the major labels. They did not like to pay people. They stole. Now, yeah. you made this track, right? And you got it on for download, for sale. Yeah. For four for $4.99 for well, the WAV file. And, that's and Tom's the, original. That's the file that he sent me. Uh huh. And then you right. got the EP for nine ninety nine. Yeah, which and, is a pretty good deal when you consider you have uh, four different versions of was that all it was, and there's some DJs that can have some fun with that. And then you have um, eighteen minutes of love in a thunderstorm. Uh huh. Now, will you will you ever make your money back? We hope so. I mean, I'd like to break even on it. Uh huh. I'd like to break even, but you know, the truth is, this is just like I told you before. This is just one of a few that is targeted to raise money for homeless veterans in the United States. So after that ten dollars, if I purchase in the EP for ten dollars after cost, how much do you have left after that ten dollars? Um. Possibly four fifty or five dollars. Yeah, that, that, I hope people realize that. Well, for some reason, a lot of people want this music for free. And, it and you know, doesn't it, cost it, free. It, yeah, as generous as I as I'd like to be, I just can't give it away. Uh huh. And I'm not CBS or Sony or Universal or EMI, so. Um, we had, the, the prices that are up there are designed as low as we could get them. Anybody who really loves real music and wants it back on the scene, uh, I think if we write this letter, almost a petition, whatever you want to call it. Who would it go to? And get, it, it needs to go to every corporate CEO, every record company. And I don't mean just the, just the guys. Let's take Sony, for instance. I'm not talking about Doug. I'm talking about Sony in Japan, because you know it always rolls downhill. We need to go to the top, top guys and say, "Listen, here's what the public is telling you. Here's money that you're losing does not have to be lost. You're looking at at record companies that are losing billions of dollars every year because they're not listening. No one is telling them, "Hey, what you're doing ain't working." We are the public. We buy the music. We want music that we can buy. Stop feeding us. You know, here's the problem I have. Have you noticed that record companies are shoving down your throat music that they want you to buy? Not what you want to buy. They're telling you what to like. They're just shoving crap down your throat. And if, if someone goes to a label with good music, no one wants to hear it. <clears throat> I don't even know if they can actually hear it. A&R people used to have great ears in this business. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, Jay. Yes, there used I to do. be A&R guys out there that knew what they were doing. So, Johnny, I'm glad you took the time to stop over on Disco 935. We love your new track. Well, and, thank you so much. And... and uh, the place to get it, what's the site? What's the name of it? Capricorn2? Capricorn2music.com. Dot com. All and you that's have to a, do is go there. Too. And Don't the, spell it out. And, and uh, you could get the EP there. And you could get Tom's Mix there. You could get yeah, a WAV file. You get Tom's right. original WAV file there also. Tom's but, original WAV file for four ninety nine. But I I, I I like to thank you for stopping by with us, and I know you're gonna tell us, you know, when you have new endeavors coming out, when the new LP comes out, we'll be the first to know. 
hopefully this new album will be done in a couple of weeks now that I'm back to writing music again and not building internet sites uh, <laughs> as soon as I hear about the, uh, the mastering on the reissue for the original Stradivarius album of course you'll be the first to hear that um, the healing album is going up on the site in the next couple of weeks and we'll go from there hopefully we'll be on tour at some point with, we're looking for a booking agent right now and I'll either take Stradivarius on tour or MFSP we've written a great show and uh, hopefully you know everything will go as we plan it to go that's great news Johnny and thanks for coming brother God bless you hey listen God bless you and God bless all the listeners uh, hey everybody listen, let's keep real music alive and let's do whatever we all have to get involved in keeping real music alive and bringing it back we can do this but it's going to take a joint effort to do it I can't do it alone Tom can't do it alone we all need to get involved and we need to be serious about it uh, we'll put a letter together and get everyone to sign off on it and get serious, very serious. We can make this happen. Fantastic. <laughs>